That'll work. That'll work. All right. All right. Take your Bibles. Let's look in Matthew chapter number 14. Let's go back there again and look in verse number 22. Matthew chapter number 14 and verse number 22. Boy, I'm smelling that food back there. It's smelling good. I'm smelling some spaghetti. I'm smelling some chili. I'm smelling some Parmesan back there. Sound like we had an Italian restaurant or something, huh? It does smell good, huh, my? Yeah. Matthew chapter number 14, beginning in verse number 22. We're dealing with a time that Jesus just wrapped up feeding this multitude with this borrowed bread. What do we say about those borrowed things that need to be what? Edible, usable, blessable, breakable, and shareable. And when we take what God gives us, and that could be, that, that's not just talking about borrowed bread, it's just a, a picture of, of anything, a smile, an act of kindness, a gift. Uh, blessing other people, doing things for other people. Those are those edible, consumable, usable, acceptable things that God can bless. He can break it and divide it and spread it out and share it uh, with the feed to feed the people. And uh, you got to think about it. It's not in us to feed the flock of God outside of borrowing uh, bread for him to use to do that. Well, that just took place. Now he is about to do another miracle in their sight. And verse 22 says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea. And the boat was being tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. The wind was boisterous, a great tempest. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, and he went to them by walking on the sea, walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, They didn't know it was him. They were troubled, saying to themselves, It is a ghost. It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said to Peter, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he, like Jesus, walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when Peter put his eye on the boisterous wind, he became afraid. And when he became afraid, he began to sink. And he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and he called him. And he said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when he got into the boat, they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat with them worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. That's just a neat image there, isn't it? Here it is, Jesus walking on the water. 
Their immediate response to it was that it was a, a spirit, a ghost, and they, they were afraid. One translation, one of the gospels says that he would have went by them. Said so when he went out on the water, he would have went by them. But they recognized him as something caught their attention. Didn't know it was him until he spoke to them. And when he spoke to him, he told Peter to come on out. And Peter stepped out of the boat, started walking on water too. But then he started looking at his surroundings and realized where he was at. And when he did, he started sinking. But as long as he trusted what Jesus said, come to him, Peter was able to walk on the water with him. And notice, the word that he spoke to them was to calm them. It had no effect on the boisterous wind around them. He was going to calm them while the wind was still blowing. It wasn't until they both got in the boat is when the wind stopped. Now, this wasn't the first time Jesus uh, did something with the wind. You remember in a few chapters back in chapter 8, there was a time when they was out on the sea, and Jesus was down in the hull of the ship, and he was, he was taking a nap. He was sleeping. He had to wonder if it, if it was a Sunday, Brother Shannon. Yeah. He was napping. He was napping, and while he was napping, the winds picked up, and they began to... Um, Panic about it. Matter of fact, look in chapter number 8. Look in chapter number 8. Let's go back to that. It's always good if you get a chance when you're reading through the Gospels to try to read each different Gospels view because each one's going to give a, a different angle of it and some's going to share a little bit more than the other and you'll be able to really put the story together and, and it, I know what it'll do. It'll bless you. Look in 8.23. Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But what was Jesus doing? He was asleep. He was napping. The waves didn't bother him. The fact that the boat was overcome by the waves, that's simply saying the waves were coming over the side. The waves were entering into the boat. I've been on ships before when it was boisterous and a tempest was at on the on the sea i was on a big naval vessel and at times where the winds were so strong and on that big vessel that was 800 and something foot long and i can't remember exactly how tall it was but it was tall so tall that when stephanie would come visit with me and the girls would we'd get up on the flight deck or we would walk on the catwalk is what they called it that went along the side of the ship so that you can go from one place to the next and it had deck grating on it that you could see through when you walked through. And Stephanie was scared to death to walk on it. She was afraid she was going to go overboard. She was going to go through it because you could see through it. And when you've been out there and you live on it, you don't pay any attention to that. As soon as you bring a guest on like them and the first time they got to get on it, they like a cat in a tub. You know how a cat in a tub stretches out and holds on to everything? Stephanie was walking across that thing like this. You were worried about Stephanie. <laughs> the kids were all right. But it's extremely tall. It's a long way down to the bottom. And I've been on that vessel before when that ship was sailing through the seas. And when it would dip down in the front, you could see the ocean this way. And then when it would lift up, you'd see the ocean behind you. And the winds would be blowing so hard, they'd have those, those aircraft on there, those jets and the helicopters, they'd have them double locked down, secured. 
and that thing would be tossing this away, you would lose sight of the sea, and then it would toss back this away, and you would see it on the other side. And that ship would rock like this, and then it would go up, and it would do this. And people down inside the ship would be throwing up. Fortunately, I never got sick, praise God. I don't like getting sick to begin with, and I, I, I'm violent when I throw up. It ain't never good. And I definitely didn't want to have to do that when I was around people. So um, I never did. I never even, never, ever got sick on it, praise God. But I watched people get green. I mean, they turned green. And seasickness is rough. Greg, you've been seasick before, hadn't you? That's bad. I mean, it's bad. It'll put you down. And when you're walking through the passageways and you're in a bad place like that, the ship just going sideways, rocking like this, isn't near as bad. But when that thing starts going up and down in the front and the rear and it's going sideways so that when you're going up a, a, a ladder and going from one place to the other and you feel like you're going to fall off the ladder and then you feel like you're going to hug the ladder and you're doing that constantly and people are walking through those passageways and you running into the bulkheads or in the galley when they was eating, there'll be times when every plate and glass on them tables would just fall off and, and shatter and they'd have to go clean it up food everywhere. Not only that, but trash in the passageways because they had to collect trash in the, when we were too close to land. You can't dump your trash. So all that food that's been eaten from all those guys, those leftovers, gets dumped in that trash, and it's lining up the hallways. You stand in the line to eat. The ship's rocking back and forth, up and down. There's vomit here. There's vomit there. There's vomit over there, and there's vomit over here, and there's trash there. It ain't a pretty picture, trust me. It ain't a place you want to live. But when you're at sea, what can you do? That's just that's your environment. That's what you're living in. Preferably and thankfully, they was able to get it cleaned up pretty quick, and we went right back to doing what we were doing. So in the midst of all that, what was Jesus doing? He was sleeping. They come get him. He comes up and he calms the sea. Well, we see that same thing. Matter of fact, turn and look at it in Mark's gospel. Go to Mark chapter 4. This is that same picture here, Mark chapter 4. And I want you to notice this. I had written this down. I come across it today and I was looking at it. I said, I'm going to bring this out. It's, it's not one of those things that... It's just one of those that's a, that's a decent word, a lesson that we can learn from. Verse 35 says, in Mark chapter 4, On the same day when the evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him, Jesus, along in a boat as he was. Other little ships, other little boats were also with him. The old King James says, Other little ships were also with him. Now, as I was reading that and as I was looking at that today, I got to thinking and, and I got to looking at my notes. I rarely ever look at my notes in my Bible. Those just help me from time to time remember things by just writing it down. But I got to looking at this and thinking about those other little ships. Those other little ships, those other little boats were also with him. Now, when, when Jesus is in the main ship, or we can say it like this. When the main ship is lordship. When the main ship is lordship. 
There's other little ships that come along with it. Other little ships like fellowship. Other little ships like discipleship. Other little ships like leadership. Other little ships like membership. Other little ships like being a workmanship. Other little ships like stewardship. You see, when, when the Lordship is the main ship, you don't have to worry about people fellowshipping with the people of God. You don't have to worry about people being involved in discipleship. You don't have to worry about people being involved in stewardship. You don't have to worry about people being involved in leadership when Lordship is the main ship that Jesus is on. Are you with me? said other little ships was with them. Jesus was the, the center. Now, when we think about that, that goes right along with this idea. It goes back to his presence in our life, his presence. I, this is what I had wrote down. When, when Jesus is in the main ship, that is, the main ship is lordship, we're going to have fellowship in our life. We're going to have worship in our life. We're going to have discipleship, leadership, membership, workmanship, and we're going to have stewardship going on. All the ships are going to fall into place when, when, when lordship's in our life. Amen? Amen? When he's on the main ship. But what was it that he say to those guys, say to Peter, when he told Peter in that chapter 14 of Matthew, when they thought it was a ghost and he spoke to them and he said these words, Lord, is that you? And he told them to come, that it was him. He said these words, take heart, or he said, be of good cheer, for it is I. Do not be afraid, for it is I. You see, it's the presence of God that makes the difference in our lives. It goes, go, goes right along with this idea of lordship. When Jesus is present and Lord, everything else seems to fall right into place. He is what separates us being timid and fearful and afraid and being of good cheer. He's in the middle of that. You see, you remove him, all you have is a man on, the, on that sees that. They don't recognize what that is. They don't recognize what's going on. One translator says when they was on the water, he could see them out rowing and they was fighting against the, the, against the waters and they couldn't overcome because the waters was too much for them. So he goes out to them and when he goes out to them, he lets them know who he is, that it is I. Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And I want to tell you the presence of God, the presence of Jesus in our life is what makes the difference between us celebrating life and being fearful about life. Amen. Celebrating the storm or being fearful about the storm. Celebrating the relationship or being timid or fearful about relationships. When Jesus is in the midst, when we recognize that it is he who is the one who we are what? given our edible things to, our usable things to, when we recognize it's Him who is able to bless it and use it, when we recognize it's Him who's able to break it and then share it with a multitude, He makes the difference in our life. And He comforted them by just saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. What a blessing, amen? amen. To be able to recognize Him in the midst of the storm. To be able to recognize him 
in the midst of life. To be able to recognize his invitation, as he told them in Matthew eleven twenty eight. We talked about this Wednesday night. What did he say? Come unto me, all ye that are what? That labor and are heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A lot of times what we do is we focus more on the coming and fail to realize it's not the coming to him or the invitation to come that is as important as the fact that it's his presence that we're coming to. Come unto who? Me. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. You see, he's the object of our faith, who we come to. And when he's the object of it, it's, our faith is not what's important. He's what's important. And what he does is give us rest. He, give, he eases the burden. He, he gives us recreation of heart that we can celebrate the journey, that we can celebrate. In our modern day, think about how many people go on recreation. How many people, how many of us like taking vacations? Whether it be to the beach or whether it be to amusement parks, whether it be Disney World or whether it be into the mountains, we're always looking for a way to what? Get away so that we can rest and relax. The old military term when they would take lead, they called it R&R. Rest and relaxation. Well, Jesus said, I'm not going to give you rest and relaxation from the work that I've called you to, but I'm going to give you recreation in your heart. You see, people look forward to going on vacations and going. That's something they celebrate. It's the everyday life of going to work is what is a a drudgery to them. They they just kind of moving through life the best way they can. But boy, when the time takes to go on vacation, they spark up. They get excited about it. Even though they're spending a ton of money, they can't wait to go do it and get away. Well, Jesus said, I want to, I'm going to make you in your spirit, in your life, I'm going to give you that kind of recreation of rest in your heart for the work that I've called you to when you yoke up to me. And I'm going to be the difference maker. Not your faith. Not the winds. It is I. Who makes the difference in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind, whether it be in life or whether it be through the storm. Amen? Amen. It is I. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And we can look at that in our own life when we find ourselves, Mama Rob, anxious. Kate, when we find ourselves worrying, worrying. Elizabeth, when we find ourselves unsettled. Rosalind, when we find ourselves in a tizzy about things in life, the difference between being of good cheer, taking heart, being encouraged, celebrating, or being anxious, well, whether or not will Jesus be in the present? Will he be there? Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Come unto me. Come unto me. Where my presence is is the fullness of joy. As Psalm 16 teaches us, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Amen. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. He'll lead us in the right path. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And that's just what he does. It's his presence 
that is in our life, whether it be the storm, whether he be asleep in us. You ever notice that? It seems like Jesus might be asleep in you. We see that's what we call revival. When he comes alive, when he's awakened within us to deal with the situations of life. Sometimes we can, we can be rowing through the storm, fighting against things in our own strength. And Jesus is not one bit bothered by it whatsoever. He's already got a solution and answer for it. But he's at rest. He's asleep because it doesn't bother him. But we're worried about it. Well, we've got to go where he's at. Wake him up and get him, let him loose inside of us so that his presence is what is at work where? In us, doing what, he's, what he said he would do through us. So all these things are just so neat. We watched him feed the multitude. We're watching him calm the sea. We're watching him help men walk on water. How did he walk on water? Because he answered the invitation to come to the presence of Jesus. But when the presence of Jesus got out of his sight and he began looking at the circumstances that he was in, what did Peter start doing? He began to sink in the storm. We've all been there. Have you all ever sunk in the storm? He's already said it's I. Be of good cheer. We can rest. And if he invites us to come to him, we can come to him. And we can overcome those things. Because a storm, think about a storm for a moment. A storm is just a, a natural occurrence of nature. It's a seasonal thing. With each season that comes through, storms come through. With every generation, we see different um, seasons that, that come upon us. And some seasons are more severe with more weather patterns than others. It's just part of life. It's part of the natural. And Jesus is able to overcome the natural. So the picture of him walking on the water is that picture of, of Peter overcoming just the natural things in life based on an invitation extended to him by Jesus. So when, when the natural things in life comes to us, for an example, pride is natural to a fallen man. Pride is a natural thing. How many of y'all need Jesus to help you overcome pride? If you're not careful, just like me and the rest of us, we'll start sinking in the sea of pride and the storms of life if we're not listening and following and coming to the presence of Jesus and we're just letting the circumstances dictate us. That's a, but we can overcome that. How? By just listening to the voice of Jesus and following him. So when Jesus is on the main ship, we're going to see that as Lord of our life, we're going to walk with him, we're going to talk with him, we're going to we're going to trust him. There are times in our life that we start doing things on our own and he just takes a break from dealing with the situation. He's sleeping and we've got to stir him back up and say, Lord, we need you to lead our life. I've taken the road too long and the winds are too hard for me. We can't handle this storm coming. I need you to take care of this. I need you to take care and do something within me so that I can bear and walk through this life for your glory. Amen. And he'll help us and he'll lead us through. So, what's the difference between celebrating life and being fearful about life? For the believer, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. For the unbeliever, it's false hope. It's lies. It's deception. They overcome by, by, by telling themselves, 
and building themselves based on lies and having hope that is just going to disappoint them in the end. But for the believer, we don't live that way. The difference maker in the believer's life will always be Jesus, will always be him. And if it's not him, then he's going to get us in a place where he's going to lovingly chasten and discipline us so that he's back center of our life again. So, sometimes we may not recognize what God is doing. Jesus didn't rebuke them because they thought he was a spirit, did they? You see that? Did he correct them? Did he rebuke them and give them some kind of theological discussion that they didn't understand the difference between who he was and what a spirit was in the midst of the storm? Did he, did he pound them over the head over it and say, no, you got all this wrong? No, what did he do? He said, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Just the gentle, compassionate touch of a, of a redeemer who wants to use the storms in our life, calm the storms in our life, and lead us through the storms in life for His glory. The tender touch. The gentle touch. Now we need to learn from that. Because a lot of times we, we have more concern about correcting somebody over their, their, the way they seen something or, or didn't see it, whatever it may be, instead of just giving them Jesus. Showing them Jesus. Living Jesus before them. What we want to do is beat them up because they, they got all this wrong. The difference between him and what this is and what that is. We just want to live Jesus. Just let them know we love him. Amen. Amen. And that he's the one who we trust. And he's the difference in our life that we celebrate this life for his glory. There's something in all of us, Mama Rob, that are, I know in my own life that as a teacher in me, I want to help people, and sometimes helping people, I want to correct people and just give them something to see that they may not be seeing. But I, I need discernment. I need discernment like Jesus used discernment. I need to use discretion like he used discretion. And there's time to teach, which that would have come, but at the moment, what they needed to hear was his voice. What they needed to know was his presence. What they needed to see was that they could overcome the natural when they simply followed his voice, even when they really didn't know what they were doing. Or you know what I mean? A lot of us, we just don't know what we're doing, do we? But he's still compassionate with us, and he still invites us to come follow him, and he still calms the winds when he gets in the boat with us for his glory. So we give him praise, and we give him thanks. So just keep that in mind, the difference between a joyful and a fearful heart, a celebrated heart, is always going to be the presence and the leadership and the compassion of a loving Redeemer walking through the storms of life with us. Father, we thank you tonight. We bless you. We ask that you help us. Let our light shine that we would sing of your praise and your glory, that you would help us with the challenges of life, whether it be pride or whether it be relational, whether it be uh, just the, the different things. Even, for an example, uh, lust in our life. It's natural for men and women to have desires and, and have lust. That's just part of a fallen nature. But we can walk on the water. We can overcome. 
those temptations and those trials by simply responding to your voice. Thank you for being in our midst. Thank you for being in, our pres in the present. And I pray that you do a work in us so that you can equip us for the work before us. For it's in your name we pray and ask that you'll bless this time of fellowship around the table and use it to bring glory to you and keep this food from hurting us and heal our church family and keep us in a place that you can use us and share what you've given to us throughout this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love y'all. We'll go eat.